This is Smokir Koryama, and you're listening to the BS Podcast Network. Bunkai! Our big cat dick is worth fighting Star Wars. And you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Take a look, and you'll see into your imagination. Hello everybody and welcome back to Dropping Loads and yeah, I mean if you're hearing me intro the pod then you know it's a solo episode and I am very very sorry for a variety of reasons, one of which is the fact that this is a solo episode, another is the fact that you know our schedule is kind of in flux right now um, so it's hard to gather the troops to record an episode um, so I would prefer just to have at least something put out uh, even if it is being used to kind of torture cats and dogs and you know some terrorists suspects but whatever you know as long as it's it's some there's something out there on the schedule for you to listen to even if it is a really bad episode and it probably will be a pretty bad episode um so yeah i mean happy new year guys it is 2020 a new decade new year new me whatever you want to say uh all the cliche sayings that come with the happy new year um yeah i mean so far 2020 is nothing new nothing different so far i don't know why people make it such a big fucking deal to change something important about their lives because the new year starts i mean yeah granted it's cool it's a clean slate but like i mean if you're really motivated to make a change you could have just made a change at any point during the year i I personally don't believe in new year's resolutions at all i think they're fucking stupid um like i said if you want to make a change just make the fucking change you know it can be any time during the year don't leave it towards the end of the year just because you want that quote-unquote clean slate just fucking do it you know i i hate new year's resolutions personally um but yeah no 2020 is here um i 2019 was an interesting year i can't say anything bad really happened i mean suck that we had to celebrate a a a full year since eugene passed away but other than that i i can't i don't have anything to really complain about um really it was a it was a fine year we dropped our 250th episode that was fucking awesome i can't believe we've been doing it for that long um i got my new job that i actually really really love i'm sorry i got in 2018 but I completed a full year in 2019, and I, I think it's the best job I've ever had uh, in a really long time, at least. And also, I don't know if you guys saw on our social medias, uh, but a local online Miami magazine kind of reached out to us to do like a very small, no big deal, honestly, feature um, on us. Uh, I guess someone recommended us because we we're, you know, based in Miami and we're doing something creative and so on. So they reached out and they're just like, yeah, you want to, you want to do something? And I guess, I don't know what they get out of it, but like we got a lot out of it because it was at the time, like it was like a month or maybe a few weeks after two, the 250th episodes. So I was like, this is going to be really fucking great exposure for our show. So I did that. It was kind of fun. Uh, they sent over a list of questions for me to answer. And they're like, yeah, if you have any pictures, just send it, send it over. And you know, it went up, um, I'll link it in, in the in the blog entry. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, that was kind of cool. But other, like I said, otherwise, 2019 was just your average year. Nothing too bad happened. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> year in recap. We didn't... Dropping loads, unfortunately, has been kind of stagnant. Like, we haven't really done anything that big in a while. I, I don't know if that's going to change in 2020. But, like, it's just hard to find the motivation um, to do something new and different. Uh, and then, you know, it's not 100% up to me either, so it's just like, yeah, well, I mean, we try to do a few things earlier in the years, like, uh, I think we tried to do that screening for Legends of the Night, of course that didn't do well, we had Mia Khalifa on, which was fucking awesome, and guests, guests are really not easy to grab, unfortunately, um, like, I've tried going uh, to a couple of concerts, a couple of people, but of course they 
they back out, they disappear, they ghost me, shit like that, and that's okay, you know, like, they're not obligated to be on the podcast, so guests are not easy to bring on either, the handful of the guests that we have had on have been fucking fucking great, because, you know, Mia Khalifa was awesome, Kyle Ibero was great, but, like, it's just not been easy finding uh, guests outside of our, you know, core friends and shit like that, so... But so that's that's why that hasn't happened in a long time too. I mean, I can try, but I also don't attend conventions as much as I used to either. Um, so it's just not easy. Um, but you know, if you want to come on and we know you fair, fair, fairly well, we'll we'll bring you fuck on. You know, like it's. I mean, is there not is there anything to talk about? Not particularly. Like I said, I just wanted to get something out there. Uh, something cool that happened to me, I guess, was um, on New Year's Day. I kind of spontaneously and impulsively decided to go watch a the Charlie and Chocolate Factory play that was um, happening here in Miami. I think obviously it opened in Broadway in New York, and I think it started when I was in college maybe it's 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 a fairly it's fairly old obviously because like the movie is from the 70s and the book is even older than that so they finally decided to do like a a stage play musical version of it um so i I believe it was like the early 2010s maybe when they finally decided to uh adapt it and i've been wanting to watch it for a very long time but like i don't know it's just one of those things where you want to do something but you just don't fucking do it because it takes a lot of time effort and money to do um so you know it's just one of those things that you want to do desperately but you just don't make the effort to do so but i saw it i saw that it was playing finally playing in miami and i really wanted to watch it so i just impulsively bought it knowing that i was gonna have a day off on the new year's day anyway so i just went um for those of you who know the movie from the 70s very well it kind of takes its cue from that it modernizes it and makes it a full-on fucking musical. Like, you thought that movie was a musical with, like, the four or five musical numbers in it? No, they really... Like, I guess if you could say, like... I don't know how you would call it, but, like, they... It's... It's, like... It's more of a musical than it's ever been in every sense of the word, and that's a bad thing, because it's like every stereotype of musical that you know of, you know? There's so many fucking musical numbers. There's a lot of random fucking dances and big showy musical numbers. Like, it's... Um, but overall, do I like it? Yeah, it it was fun. It was good. I mean, like, the only songs they took from... Uh, the movie was I've Got a Golden Ticket, which was which was originally sang by Grandpa Joe, and Pure Imagination, which was of course sang by Willy Wonka. Um, both are pretty good renditions in the play, but of course they just couldn't leave well enough alone, and you couldn't just leave those songs as they were, as pristine and beautiful as they were. No, they had to add their own little piece to it every fucking time. So yeah, there, there was a lot of new songs that you do not recognize. Uh, so just be prepared for that if you ever goes to see it because it is on tour um i think miami was the first stop um so that's uh that's something to take into account but it it is musical up i guess you could say because there's just it's a wide it's a big not not a big product it's a fairly large musical production i mean there's not a whole lot of special effects the sets are just kind of fucking boring because it's just a screen with whatever background they want to project onto it and um they do have an orchestra it's a small orchestra but it's there and i think the performances were good um there's a lot of it just kind of relies a lot on humor um and sometimes it's funny sometimes it's not 
Uh, I just don't like the fact that it's it's more mu- it's more of a musical than it's ever been, and I just I don't know something about that bugs me. I'm not saying that I don't like musicals, but like it's just it's more of a musical than it's ever been because I feel like it just kind of loses the spirit of what that movie was, which was not necessarily a musical. That's the thing. It was more of a, obviously it was a movie. It was a more of a cinematic experience rather than that of a musical. And I don't know. I just felt like they it could have been. It just could have been that it could have easily just took that movie and put it on the stage maybe add like one or two songs um obviously for the children when they were um being you know killed off one by one uh that would have been fine because that's what happened in the book and that's what happened in the the tim burton version everybody hated so that would have been i think that would have been totally fine just the way it was we could just we could just have a stage play it didn't have to be a musical it could have just been a stage play with like one, like with like four or five musical numbers and shit like that but not like an onslaught of music and and fucking dancing and bad sets and, and yeah it, it was just not as good as it, i would want it to be i don't like the fact like from the get-go in case you again like just so you know like in, from the get-go willy wonka's like center stage talking to you about his motivations and how he decides to open up a fucking candy store like why like i liked willy wonka being extremely fucking enigmatic and mysterious i like that idea um i think the um, the original west end version um and that was played in england they didn't have willy wonka st- intro the fucking play like that and they didn't have willy wonka as a candy shop owner but i think what they did was they they had the actor who played willy wonka playing a tramp that was kind of like present omnipresent throughout the play and then you find out later that that was willy wonka which is that's what you, that's what Willy Wonka to me is. That's who he's supposed to be—an incredibly mysterious and enigmatic person that doesn't need to fucking provide exposition. That's even worse. That's not Willy Wonka to me, and it just kind of bugged me. Um, they modernized it, you know. Um, uh, Violet Beauregard is now uh, like a she's like a, a, a viral star, YouTube star, um, uh, whatever. She, she's into social media. Her her dad is like her agent, and she lives in Hollywood, and she's trying to be the next big star. She has a YouTube channel, an Instagram, a Twitter, shit like that. Um, and obviously, Mike TV. They kind of they kind of um, evolved him from. Uh, the one from the Tim Burton version, and that he's like into video games, he's into uh, phones, he's in technology and shit like that, um, instead of just TV, because you know TVs are fairly antiquated nowadays. No one really watches TV as much as they use their phones and tablets and shit like that. Veruca is still the spoiled kid because you can't really update that. Augustus Gloop is still like a fat kid. There's not really there's not no one really updating that. They also made. Um, Charlie, more of like a dreamer, instead of just being a nice, sweet, and kind kid, he was more of a dreamer, you know, he was constantly thinking up, and, and conjuring, and, um, and creating, like, confectionery ideas, you know, shit like that, so, like, he was more in line with what would be a better successor, uh, successor to Willy Wonka, which makes sense, that makes perfect sense, actually, but yeah, instead of just being a quiet, nice, kind, and sweet boy that just kind of outshines the others because of how good he is as a, as a, as a child, and as a person, um, they made him that, and also kind of a, like a creative as well, something, someone that would be, um, fitting to be a chocolatier you know that that's 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 perfect that makes a lot of sense but i do like the idea of just him earning uh everything just from being a good kid 
So especially juxtaposed against the other shitty kids, um, but you know uh, that that's fine. I, I I was okay with it. Of the songs in there, I again I didn't like how big and uh, how big how big I guess they were. Like there was a lot of movement on stage, a lot of bad sets, a lot of projections in the background. Like it's just it wasn't for me. But like the songs themselves, they were just. Meh. There were two songs I actually really, really liked. One of them was called Strike That, Reverse Reverse It, which obviously has to do with a line that he said in the 70s version when he said, um, there's so little time, I'm sorry, there's so much time and so little to do. Uh, that was a pretty good song. And then there was one really fucking good song, actually, that was... Uh, kind of a big musical number, but it was centered around, around Willy Wonka. Uh, I th- it was called It Has to Be Seen to Be Believed, which is in the spirit of Wonka, completely. Uh, that was a fantastic song. I really, really liked that song. And the rendition of Pure Imagination and um, and I've Got to Go and Take It was good, too. Uh, would I recommend it? Yeah. I mean, like, if you're a big fan of that, of that like, IP, I think it's worth watching and just noting the differences because there's a lot of weird little changes they made. Um, for instance, uh, the, ki- the kids do sing, whereas the original version... Um, Charlie sings a lot, actually. In the movie, Charlie doesn't really sing. He provides background, so I've got a golden ticket. And the other kids don't sing except for for Veruca, which, for some odd reason, she has her own fucking song, which Charlie didn't. But in this movie, it's kind of like the reverse. Charlie has a lot of musical numbers. My TV does sing. Augustus does sing. Violet sings a little bit. And Veruca straight up doesn't sing. Weird, huh? Um, and another thing is, for some odd reason, like, they just keep changing the way Veruca dies. Like, it's so fucking weird. Like, I'm so confused by it because the original book showed her wanting a squirrel. Uh, these are trained squirrels that are able to tell a bad nut from a good nut. So when there's a good nut, they just kind of crack it open and they they, are, they extract, um, it's a walnut, I believe. They extract the, the nut from the walnut. Uh, whereas... With a bad nut, they just toss it into a garbage chute that goes into the incinerator. If you've seen the Tim Burton version, uh, that is true to the book. The 70s version didn't want to do squirrels. I guess it was easier just to have geese sitting down and then having giant golden eggs as props or whatever. Um, So they did that, and it was kind of the same concept, but it wasn't uh, the squirrels judging anything. They just literally had giant fucking geese laying there. And then uh, a giant fake golden egg would would um, fall onto a weight that determined whether it was a good or a bad egg. And of course, she wanted a golden goose, and she wreaked havoc until she stood on the scale. It deemed her a bad egg, and then she fell into the garbage chute. So it's very it's different, but like it, it you know it ends the same way. This one took it a step further. I mean. They had squirrels, the squirrels were there, so they went back to the book and they brought back the squirrels, but it was a weird, kind of acid-trippy dance sequence, and then for whatever the fucking reason, the squirrels just kind of grabbed a mannequin of Veruca, like, kind of held, like, like, held her up in the air for a bit before they tore her to pieces. That is stupid. I'm sorry, that's fucking dumb. It's more gruesome than it's ever been, but, like, the whole point, I think, of the books in the movie is that, yeah, there's something going on with Wonka, he's a little fucking off, and it seems like he's genuinely trying to kill off each child one by one, but every fate of every child is left 
in question. You, it's ambiguous on purpose. You don't know what really happens. You know that it doesn't end well, but you don't know if they die. Augustus Scoop got sucked up the fucking tube, and we don't know what happened to him. Um, uh, Veruca Salt was supposed to have fallen into the garbage chute and maybe fall into the incinerator, but we don't know. Um, Violet Beauregard was blown up into a fucking blueberry, but they were sweet. she was supposed to be rolled away to be squeezed of juice, of juice, and Mike TV was shrunk down into the size of a, of a, you know, a little toy, like an action figure, even smaller than, like, an ar- like a, a Green Army man, and technically he's still alive, just deformed, you know, like, every character was supposed to have a demise that was ambiguous, and we don't know exactly what happened to them, and then if you read the book and watched the Tim Burton version, we see that they did survive, they were just horribly deformed after that. Augustus Scoopy basically, I, I mean, depending on which one you watch, rather the book, you rather read the book or watch the movie, Augustus Scoop just was covered in fudge, or became fudge, one of the two. Um, uh, Mike TV was stretched out with the taffy machine, as it was, as it was discussed in the, the 70s version, and now he's just a stretched out, thin, 2D character, kind of. And, um, Violet Beauregard is, if you, again, if you read the book or watch the movie, it's two different fades. Violet Beauregard is, it's completely blue, um, but she's back to her normal size, and Veruca was just covered in garbage. So, the fact that they straight up killed her on stage, to me, just kind of pissed me off, because, like, that, you know, that destroys the spirit of the fucking movie and book, where they left everything up to interpretation. Do you think these kids died? Do you think Wonka committed murder? And so on and so forth. I mean, like, I'm, I mean, whether or not there's any legal per- repercussions, we don't know, because they did sign a weird fucking contract at the beginning of the, the tour. It pretty sure, like, absolved everything that happened over the course of the tour. And technically, he did warn them, so they kind of, like, they were, they were at fault. He always told them, don't fucking do it, and they, 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 they did it because these fucking kids are terrible. Um, so yeah, there's that. Those are my gripes with it. I liked it, though. Uh, I I do think that they usually cast a great Willy Wonka, and the Willy Wonka uh, had some good songs that he sang. Um, and he's, he's, he's a bit mischievous. He's, he's weird like he's supposed to be, which is perfect. Uh, so yeah, if you're like a big fan of that uh, of that IP, I would suggest you just give it a try, if you're willing to spend the money and if you're good with musicals. Um, otherwise, just rewatch the '70s version, which I probably plan to do soon because I haven't seen it for a while. Um, so there's that. Uh, speaking of musicals, I guess my other topic is the fact that I saw the movie Cats in theaters. Holy shit! Holy shit! What the fuck do I say? Like. Wow, what a piece of shit! Um, like, let's just let me just give you my impression of the first ten minutes. Nothing made fucking sense. They immediately jump into this musical number that you did not understand anything that was going going on. They they started um they started using a phrase called Jellicle cats or whatever it's called, which I don't know. If you're supposed to know what that means the moment you walk into the play, but there's no explanation for it. We had to research it after the fact that it's based on a T.S. Eliot poem that describes Jellicle Cats. What? Like, how are we supposed to know something like that? And, like, it's it's just like the CGI is all kind of fucked up and weird. Like, instead of just putting these people in cat suits and CGIing their, their ears and their tails, the whole fucking body is CGI and... 
it's just a fucking mess, man. The first 10 minutes, I just wanted this shit to end. Like, it's not a good movie when the first fucking 10 minutes, I just desperately wanted this movie to end. It's an hour and 50 minutes approximately, and it's it's not good. It, it's pretty fucking bad, and it's weird and awkward and absurd and creepy, and like, it's just... It's baffling, like, it's fucking baffling that someone was like, I want to make a fucking Cats movie, and I want to make all the wrong decisions for this movie. And thus this movie was, it was created, you know, they put money and time and the effort to make this shitty-ass movie. I, I just, it's baffling, like, I can't believe this movie was made, like, I honestly just don't understand who thought this was a good idea. It's probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen. But I think you should watch it. Like, it's... It's so bad. But, like, it's, you can't miss it. It's like a fucking train wreck that you you can't look away from. You know, it's one of those things where you're just like... It's just one of the worst movies around. But you have to see it to really experience how bad it is. And it's definitely worth that time. You know, maybe not in theaters. Maybe catch it if it ever goes to Netflix or something like that. Like, But it's worth the time to watch it. The money, I don't know. The time, yes. Because <laughs> it, it's it's so bad, but it's just like, I've said this phrase about so many things that just, that it's just like the worst thing to experience, but you still have to experience it. It's a beautiful train wreck. Like, it is such a piece of shit, but it's a piece of shit that's attractive. Like, you kind of have to watch it and see how it is in for your own for your for yourself like it's it's an experience it is so unbelievably fucking creepy and weird um but i i mean like the there maybe like one or two highlights like um francesca hayward is the woman who plays the lead and she's She's a very pretty woman. She's absolutely gorgeous. And she is even prettier as a cat, unfortunately. As creepy as that sounds, she's even prettier as a cat. Um, and there's this, like, kind of awkward, like, little romance between her and this character called uh, Mistopheles. Because um, he's just, like, kind of desperate to get her attention. And I like that. Like, that's, you know, it's cliche. But, like, I always feel for that underdog character who kind of wants to get the attention of a girl that they like. Um... Idris Elba is a magical cat with a suit that's too tight for him because he looks naked as fuck the moment he takes off his coat, so that's something if you are into that. Um, I just, I just, that's, that's the only other thing. I mean, Jennifer Hudson's okay, I guess. Like, she's crying a lot and she's constantly hunched over. But no, <laughs> like, no, like, I, that's all I, right now, I'm trying to find the good points in this movie, and it's hard, it's really fucking hard, if, again, if you want to watch it, like, at the very least, Francesca Hayward is gorgeous, and as much as I can't stand Taylor Swift as a person, she's pretty fucking hot in this movie, too, um, but that's, that's about it, I mean, there's just, there's, there's just, there's nothing more to say. It's a fucking terrible movie. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. That's definitely worth your fucking time, though. Like, it's just, it's worth a laugh afterwards. You know, an hour and 15 minutes of your time. Watch it. Enjoy how fucking terrible it is. And then after that, just laugh about it later on. Because people spent money on that piece of shit. People spent money on it. Like, in the effort and in the time. And I, I just I just don't get why it happened. I don't get why this was worth their, their everything. <laughs> wow, like, it's it's a bomb, uh, of course it's a box, box office bomb, it made no fucking money, and of course they, they, they decided, like, let's compete with the Star Wars, so 
yeah, that's something to take into account. They decided, like, our big cat dick is worth fighting Star Wars. So they put it out on the same weekend as Rise of Skywalker, which, you know, to be fair, it's probably the best time to compete against Star Wars because everybody fucking hated Last Jedi and you're not allowed to like Rise of Skywalker. So that's something to to think about actually strategically whether or not that's a that's an interesting good idea. It's, you know, it's up to you to interpret. Um so there's that. Uh that's something to think about, but yeah, it's it's a pretty pretty bad movie like it's 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 kind of hard to um justify that the existence of something like that like the play maybe because you know the play the musical play the broadway play because okay the broadway play maybe because that takes effort and the um, live performances every day maybe two three times a day you have to applaud applaud those actors because that's not easy to do and i'm sure the live action spectacle on a stage is quite different um and it those aren't those tickets aren't cheap you know so like i'd imagine if you want to go watch that type of thing you have to put in the effort instead of just going to your local movie theater and shit like that so it's just like if basically, if you're going to watch the a cast, a musical, the musical Broadway play, you kind of know what you're getting. You have to know what you're getting into. And if you don't, then f- you're, fuck you. You're, you deserve that for the most part. Yes, I would recommend watching it. No, I don't recommend watching it in theaters. No, I don't recommend spending money on it. <laughs> it's one of those things. It's worth a watch, though. I, I totally think it is. Um, but I am all out of topics. <laughs> I am completely all out, of, all out of topics. There's not a whole lot to there's not much more I can talk about. I did two reviews, I guess you could say. Um, and I wish I had stuff. I wish I could tell you there's stuff to that we planned for 2020, but there isn't. If you want the honest fucking truth, we kind of wing everything. Uh, I mean, we're getting close to episode 300. I guess you could say we're about a quarter of the way there. Um, so it's it might be time to start planning something big for episode 300 because that's that is a big fucking deal. Uh, so if you have suggestions, you can always send them to me and I'll, I'll consider them. Um, you know, droppingloads.com. You can email me or you go on Twitter, or Instagram, whatever, uh, Facebook. I'm, I'm, I'm on everything. If you guys want to talk to me, uh, yeah, maybe have throw out a suggestion here and there. If you want, if you think would be really cool for episode 300, something worthy of the 300 number, uh, milestone. Uh, but otherwise, no, we have nothing planned. We don't think that far ahead. We just kind of do what we do. We just enjoy doing it along the way. And if something cool happens, we do it. Simple as that. So anything and everything you can find at droppingloads.com or you can find us at Facebook at facebook.com slash droppingloadspodcast. So droppingloadsproductions. We're on Twitter at twitter.com slash droppingloadspc or Instagram at droppingloads. Um, and also check out the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash droppingloadsp or uh, Milky's new YouTube channel called Dumb Down. You can also check out the BS Podcast Network. It's a cool network of podcasts started up by the dudes at Pure BS. You can find that at bspodcastnetwork.com or you can donate a few shekels here and there at the Patreon. It will really help us out at patreon.com slash bspodcastnetwork. We're on two internet radio stations. The first one's the, the, called The Mix Talk. You can find it at themixx.fm. We'll play it at Tuesdays at 12 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Eastern. We're also on Cornucopia radio that's c-o-r-n-u-c-o-p-i-a hyphen radio that's c-o-the-u-k we played randomly once throughout the week so hopefully one day you just happen to tune in and listen to us and please 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 check out the don francisco promise historia for a lower price of a dollar fifty you can find it at dropping it's our only premium episode and it's spj's fourth finest hour of his entire life totally worth a dollar fifty it's extremely funny um and until next time we love dropping loads 
Happy New Year, guys. Traveling in the world of my creation, what we'll see will defy explanation. I want to make a fucking cats movie and I want to make all the wrong decisions for this movie. Devin, what are we going to talk about on the show tonight? Well, I've read three sci-fi books since last week's show, so I've got plenty to talk about. What? How can I read so much? Don't you have a job? I listen to them. Audible allows me to download audiobooks right to my phone, then listen to them all day. At work, in the car, walking the dog at the gym. It's perfect. That's awesome. Totally. And when you sign up, you get a 30-day free trial where you get two free credits for any two books you want. Then it's only $14.95 a month, which gives you one free credit a month. What if I listen to more than a book a month? Like you. Then you can go to Amazon and buy any audiobook, and it'll be sent to your Audible app. I'm in. And if you go to our website and use the banner ad on the side to sign up, we get some of that sweet cash. So just go to sciencefactionpodcast.com and use the ad to sign up for Audible. You'll get to listen to tons of audiobooks and support our show. Ready to get back to the show, Devin? Devin? Oh, sorry. I was listening to a book. Um, yeah, that's whatever you were saying for you. Just go to sciencefactionpodcast.com. <laughs> <laughs>